Have you ever washed a wall before? I guess it should be easy, but I think I overcomplicated it a little bit. That's how I spent most of my day. Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And uh, if uh, you listened to a couple episodes uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, I, well, before my Chongqing and Chengdu trip, I said I did a deep clean of uh, my apartment. And it was true, but I did, uh, I want to say it was a surface cleaning, but it wasn't because I did actually clean quite a bit. But today, I'm looking at these walls, actually I've been looking at these walls for a while and going, you know, they look rather dark. <laughs> uh, and I was told that, uh, like I remember this years ago when I first moved in, they said that one of the prior tenants, ha- I guess, was smoking which doesn't make in uh, a lot of sense because I still have decorations from uh, the prior tenant and they're like more for children. I thought the prior tenant was a mother, uh, like a, a single mother and her child. So unless she smoked or, you know, we're talking like tenants and tenants ago, I'm not sure. But I've lived here for quite a while, uh, quite a while already. And I've never really uh, cleaned the walls at all before. So I decided uh, that it was going to be my mission to do this. And one of the uh, issues with it was that uh, it was around my, my my bed. And I'm looking at it now. You could even see it was better in the daytime, but you can tell the difference. There was a whole, like there's a layer of dirt on the walls. It's gross. Uh, it took me two or three hours to do. Uh, but uh, it looks a lot better. It feels a lot better. Uh, I, I washed it just in case. I wasn't sure if there was mold around the area that I was washing. So I sprayed it with vinegar, with some baking soda. Uh, I like uh, made a baking soda and water paste. I put that on there first. And then I sprayed van- uh, vinegar on it. Afterwards, I washed that off. And then I used another sponge with uh, dish soap. And I washed it. So I was pretty thorough in my, my cleanse of this. It required me to move my bed, which um, I see has left a mark on my my floor, which I hope isn't noticed <laughs> when I leave. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was for the good of the good of the apartment. I mean, I washed it. I got everywhere. I cleaned a lot of dust out. Cleaned the radiator uh, back there, too. So it, it did take quite a while. Um, I'm not sure how else you could have made it any faster, any easier. Uh, it was just the position of the... Uh, everything uh, that I had to basically move a lot of the stuff and uh, get behind there but it looks good uh, I guess I finished that'll be part one I'll get it around to part two like the, around the windows later on could be a little nice little uh, hobby I have now is to clean my apartment yay uh, but yeah I'll uh, continue on because I do see the difference it does feel a lot better as I said and uh, that way I mean just it opens up it gives a little bit more brightness to the room as well um not sure if i mentioned this before but today also i was uh listening along to the audiobook version of santi now you, you this book is better known as three body problem the three body problem not sure if it was made into a movie but it's mainly famous because President Barack Obama mentioned this years ago, uh, that it was one of the books that he uh, enjoyed reading. And I've, I read the English version years ago when I was back in Winnipeg, and I can't say I was very impressed by it. Like, it was an easy read, but it was kind of confusing at times, and it wasn't all that interesting. But, I mean, it's talked about here. Uh, it, they made 
they made a movie of the fourth part of the trilogy, if that makes sense. So what this guy did, uh, what's his name? Liu, can I read that? I don't know what it's, Liu Tuxin? Oh, goodness, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah, I'm pretty close. Uh, Liu Tsin, uh, he wrote the three-body problem. So he, he wrote three books originally. So there's part one, two, and three. And then there's a fourth part called The Wandering Earth, which sort of uh, ties up everything together. And that was a major Chinese action flick. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? Uh, but they uh, heavily promoted that one. Uh, so you might have heard of that one. Not sure if they ever made movies of the other ones or of the original book either. So, uh, but I got through the first one in English. It's talked about here. It's not, it is actually high level uh, Chinese. Like it's written, you know, for the modern audience, not like Yue Hua, which is another author I've picked up. And that one, the other book uh, I have is um, Chronicles of a Blood Merchant. And this, apparently this book, this book is a lot easier to read because it's written in a colloquial style from the 1980s. So Yue Hua is another uh, famous Chinese author. Very different uh, styles. So uh, Three-Body Problem is sci-fi fantasy and uh, Chronicles of a Blood Merchant uh, is just fiction, straight up fiction, I guess. Um, but I, I posted this on HelloTalk, and, and a lot of the responders said, yeah, no, that will be a very depressing read. Apparently, it's been made into a movie, and it has been translated into English, uh, but it has been made into a movie back in 2007, I think. And I think with what uh, what I'll do is I'll track down the uh, movie version of it, uh, if not the English version of the book, and I'll read it. Although I'll tell you, Chronicles of a Blood Merchant, far easier to read than Three-Body Problem. But this does mark a little bit of a difference because if I can go through either one of these books 100%, it does represent a large jump in my ability to actually use Chinese for something other than just as a subject to study. Uh, speaking of which, I did spend a substantial amount of the morning uh, studying Chinese. I did my vocabulary. I did my uh, concentrated listening uh, along with the uh, three-body problem. Um, and then I also did some of my homework that is in this new textbook. So I was looking through that and at least the words are sticking a little bit better. I've mentioned this before that a lot of the characters I'm familiar with, even if they are only found in radical or main component position. And by that, I mean, when you look at a Chinese character, there can be any number of parts, one, two, three, four, five different parts of it, right? And so some of these parts are radicals, and these radicals uh, are often other characters that are lending meaning, lending some sort of classification, lending a pronunciation to the main component of the Chinese character. They're not confusing, uh, they're not all that's not the confusing part, they are also not like, uh, they're not like compound words and they're not like, what's the other word, like prefixes. I, at one point I did sort of think that they were and I still kind of believe that they are a kind of prefix or a suffix, but they're not because uh, they, they don't add, they don't directly add their sound component or their meaning component, but they just signal what type of character or what type of word that character could signify. 
If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I understand. I don't blame you. This is something that you would have to study Chinese characters and look at them and understand that when you read a character from left to right, top to bottom, there are several components within that one character that can give you a clue as to the meaning and the pronunciation. But just because you can identify a radical or the main component does not mean that you'll be able to get the pronunciation or the meaning. And so this becomes a little bit more apparent as you get up in the uh, HSK levels, HSK 5 being probably the most notable example of this where um, not only there, there are new characters, but there are new words made up of characters you've seen before. And sometimes those characters are in the radical position. And so by radical, I mean that they're offset either to the top or to the left around the main component of the uh, the character itself. If you're having trouble following along, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, don't worry about it. Um, if you get a chance, take a look at a Chinese character and you'll be able to uh, see, just understand that when you're looking at a Chinese character, it might just not be one main, uh, main character, one uh, character set. It could be a collection of characters making up one word or one character itself. Um, it can be daunting. Th that's actually probably one of the things that makes learning Chinese so daunting at the f at first, because you look at it and you go, what the hell? Like, there's so much stuff. It's all these sticks and stones and scribbles all over the place. But then you start learning them. You, you, you start slow, and all of a sudden, as you learn more of the characters, you do figure out a little bit more about how the uh, uh, the words are constructed, why they are uh, spoken the way they are, and why they're constructed the way they are. So it's taken a few years to get to this point. I mean, I can't uh, I can't hide that fact at all. All that being the case, uh, so I was I did spend a lot of time on uh, I say a lot of time two three hours this morning, and I did this because I was interspersing my Chinese studies with this cleaning because I wanted to let uh, some of the cleaning product to, to settle and to absorb before I actually got into it. That, and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to clean. I was kind of like half-assing it at first, and then I'm like, you know what? I got to commit. I got to get this done. And so uh, that's when I finally did. But yeah, it took two or three hours to clean, and that was sort of um, at the... I, I interspersed that with the, the latter, the later portion of my Chinese studies, which also was about two or three hours. So it was a pretty busy... Uh, morning and af early afternoon went by pretty quickly. Uh, I'm not unhappy. Uh, I, I'm 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 glad with what I got done. I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm kind of proud, you know. So uh, I washed a wall today, or at least half a wall. <laughs> uh, and then I did try to do some uh, Python later on, but then I got sidetracked again by uh, getting ready for tomorrow as. Uh, Tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, looks like i got to get some other work done. Not sure about Saturday. but uh, And then Saturday night would be Chinese class prep, and then Sunday's cl Chinese class, right? So it's already you're uh, getting into it and uh, starting to, um, like my week is done almost. You know, it, starting tonight and then tomorrow I work, 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 and then Chinese class, so my next day off isn't until Monday of next week. Is that is that a fair way to look at it? 
I don't know if other people do that, but that's what I do. We, I, anyway, for the Python, I did try to uh, look into, uh, was it dictionary comprehension? And when I was watching these videos, uh, this coding exercises, I was kind of like, at what, uh, I don't see a, a need to really learn this in depth. I understand the value of it, but I don't know how I would apply this just yet. Uh, and I know some people would be listening to this and go, oh, well, you can do this. And apparently dictionary comprehension is very popular in Python coding. I have yet to see the benefit of it, mostly because my latest uh, investigation into how to use Python, uh, like checking files, because I have a lot of pictures and videos, I want to compare folders. And if they weren't uh, the same, I want to merge them. Turns out on a Mac, you can do this by copy, paste, and holding the option key when you're copy-pasting, and it will ask you if you want to uh, keep both, replace, or stop. And I believe it also gives you an option to merge any newer files. So, well, this just makes my life easier. <laughs> this actually gets me thinking that maybe I should spend some time learning more about how Mac OS works rather than learning how a whole computer language works. In a situation like this, you know what I often think? You know what I often do? Both. Why not? Learn some more Mac OS. Learn some more Python. Going, it's not like you're going to stop using computers anytime soon. Even given any sort of nuclear holocaust situation, pay, 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 hopefully not. But let's face it, computers, coding... Operating systems, they're not bad things to know how to use it, if only for your own productivity's sake. All right, I'll leave it there. Uh, I have been chipping away at the uh, NaNoWriMo as well. Uh, I came up with some writing prompts for myself, but I'm not sure if I'm going to use them. I'm not sure how useful writing prompts are, given that NaNoWriMo is a massive writing prompt of getting your own piece of fiction done throughout the month of November. I have been picking away at it, 500 words here, 600 words there. Again, not going for the 1,500 words because I am, I'm going with the idea that it's a, sh it's a novella. It's a, a short novel rather, um, rather than a full-on novel, which would be about 50 or 60,000 words total. Now, you could argue that m maybe I should have tried for novel fashion and I'd, I'd be done by now, but I'm not, so I'm... Um, Still picking away at it. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well uh, and that uh, Tuesday is treating you well. We're already halfway through November. Oh, I think I said that yesterday too. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Have a great week. Have a great day. And we'll talk again. Bye-bye.